Um, it might be my internet. Maybe they didn't fully fix it yet. Although, no problems with Tori, so I don't know. <laughs> my pow- my power you, goes Dustin. out. I'm just, but I'm, I am just saying that, like, for whatever reason, it is, it is that connection that You're I feel like blaming is... Blaming it on Maine. I just spilled whiskey on myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe that means we should start. We're all having nights. I think so. Welcome to another episode of Pajiba, the Pajiba Television Podcast. I'm Pajiba Comedy Editor Dan Hamamura. With me, as always, our Pajaba TV editor, Tori Preston. Hello, Dan. Hello, Tori. And uh, hopefully he's here. Chuck Mosley fan, Dustin Rolls. Hello, Dan. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I don't even know how it is. What am I doing anymore? I like Chuck to- Mosley was the original lead singer of uh, Faith No More, and I didn't realize until today that they had an original lead singer until I got their song stuck in my head, and it's called We Care A Lot. It's like, we care a lot about Transformers because they're more than meets the eye. And then I looked it up, and I was like, oh, my God, this is a cool video. They have different people playing them. And then I realized that, no, no, that was just a different person. (laughs) That wasn't the uh, Mike Patton. Yeah, I didn't know there was a, a different lead singer. Yeah, first album. I don't know that I know Faith No More. Oh, well, that's a shame. Like, I've heard the name, but, like, I don't know. You know, you want it all, but you can't have it. You just said that so that I would sing. Yes. Yeah, that didn't, I don't know if that worked uh, this time. Um. (laughs) So the only reason... Oh, I was going to say, the only reason I didn't really know Faith No More, I knew Mr. Bungle, and the way it was yes. introduced to me was like, yeah, this is the weird clown music from the Faith No More guy. Um, I, had yes. a great, I had a great childhood, by the way. <laughs> that sounds good. Sorry, I, I said, oh no, because I accidentally took a sip from the gross drink that I was not going to drink anymore. Oh. Um, which Dan, that's is... a wonderful, that's a wonderful transition. Uh, thank you, Tori. Uh, I wasn't planning it or anything. Um, but I did actually drink from it, uh, which was gross. Um, I was, so I bought a can of, uh, Jim Beam, like a pre-mixed bourbon and ginger ale. And it's not good. It's, it's way too sweet. And like, no, no, uh, it, it, it somehow has the worst of both worlds where it's too sweet and also doesn't taste right. Yeah. So I'm. There's insane. nothing about that makes sense, no. But like a, I, I've had like a, a a ginger and bourbon before that was amazing. In uh, a can? Well, no, not in a can. So that's that's the difference. Like I like I, I had it at my friend's wedding, which is probably like one of the last uh, public events I went to before uh, the pandemic last year. Um, and I mean, I didn't get hammered, but. <laughs> I, I had a good time. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Social lubricant. Uh, yeah, it's, I feel like if, like, I, I'm not, look, let me let me say I'm not opposed to canned cocktails. Yeah. Um, I think that they can be great, but I also think that if you're going to buy a canned cocktail, it needs to be a more complicated drink than a bourbon ginger, or ginger ale, because, like I, like, I can make that. I don't. Right. I have those ingredients. 
<laughs> right. Well, I've long thought about making it, but I never have ginger ale. So when I saw this, I thought, oh, well, I'll try it. What an easy solution. And oh. it turns out, uh, no, thank you. No. Um, but anyway. Time to buy ginger uh, ale. Time to buy, well, we'll see. Uh, Tori, what, what are well, you drinking? No, what did you replace your bad drink with oh, first? Oh, I, I replaced it with the, the last of the writer's tears, which uh, is no more. So, uh, you know, hopefully the magic uh, whiskey cabinet will refill itself soon. <laughs> I'm sure it will. Um, I am having, uh, so last last week when you, got, you had uh, a very interesting description on your your liquor <laughs> bottle um and so i made sure i grabbed the bottle that i bought based purely on the description uh so i'm drinking stonecutter spirits heritage cask whiskey um mm-hmm. i picked it up because it was bottled in my hometown um and i've never actually tried it so i was like oh i should probably try it but the thing that uh this was what sold me on it so it is Quote, distilled like a bourbon, aged like an Irish whiskey, and finished like a scotch. I do not know the difference between those three things. Uh, But I like that it thinks that this covers all the bases. Um, So Heritage Cask Whiskey traveled from Kentucky to Vermont to undergo our custom triple barrel aging process. Notes of caramel and soft oak balance with sweet spice before giving way to a lush, smooth finish. It's actually pretty good. I do not know whether the bourbon, Irish whiskey, or scotch is coming through the strongest. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Tastes like whiskey. Uh, all right. Well, that's better than what I had. So, congratulations. <laughs> all to whiskey tastes uh, the same. Dustin, Everyone knows that. It's right. Except for rye. Rye's not. I don't like it. That's it. <laughs> Dustin, what are you, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a Pinot Grigio called The Beach House, which I like to say, The Beach House. Naughty, naughty, let it all hang out. It's the beach. No, I don't know. And that's what I'm drinking. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, is that what you have, have already had? I have. I've a had whole bottle a whole bottle of? Well, you know, a lot of it. Uh, it's one it, of those large bottles. Will... Yeah. And you're going to finish it tonight, aren't you? Almost certainly, yes. Wait, did you say large bottles, like, compared to what? You know, sometimes you get those fatter wine bottles. Yeah, the party size. Oh. Yeah. This one just seems taller. Yeah, that, that's just giving me a headache, preemptively. <laughs> um, this week on the show... <laughs> We're going to, we're going to, well, it's a weird week because um, somehow the fact that we don't have a Disney Plus show to talk about weirdly means that we're in this weird void where uh, we, we don't have anything like, specific. I mean, like, you know, there, there, are show, there are new shows on that we can talk about, but. Um, we're not. We're not. I mean, I don't know. None of, none of them are, are any of them like that exciting? I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like they Good are. Girls um, came back. No. So, no, no. Okay. Good Girls came back. Uh, Debris yeah. is on. Um, that show started. I didn't uh, understand a word. I don't know if it makes, I don't, I don't know if it makes any sense, but I, I enjoyed it. You did. Like, I'll keep watching. Oh, you did. I, I mean, it really didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I almost want I to think. like, uh, um, Yarn Wallet. 
but I don't think there's it would be fruitful. I don't think I don't think there is anything to Yarnwall because the the uh, the premise behind the show, which they at least in the first two episodes they have uh, they have put in text at the beginning to make sure that you remember it because they didn't explain it in the show. So this is like them getting out the exposition. Is that a spaceship uh, pieces of a spaceship have been crashing on Earth uh, over the last six months. And these pieces basically have, like, magic powers or, like, lead to weird supernatural-esque things happening. Um, but the team investigating that, like, the, as the team investigates them, they, these pieces kind of, like, have different powers every week. So it's basically like a Supernatural or an X-Files, except all the mystical stuff is coming from these pieces of a spaceship that people are finding. Well, the, yeah, but the problem is that this premise, there's no rules, so they can just do whatever the fuck they want. Right. Right, no, that's what I'm saying, is that right now it feels like they they can do whatever. Um, yeah. And so, which, you know, is fun enough, but um, I like the music. The music is, like, very overbearing in a way that I'm kind of enjoying. Um, <laughs> like, uh, like, it feels like, uh, like the way that... Uh, the way that the music in um, what's that movie that like people either love or hate? <laughs> oh, that um, one! All the Christopher no, Nolan no, movies. You, you, it, 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 yeah, like uh, yeah, it was is the what's the Christopher Nolan one with the France folds in on itself? Um, oh, uh, oh my God! Now I'm blanking <laughs> on it. Is it Interstell- <laughs> Interstellar? No, 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 not, not no. Interstellar. Uh, the no. other one. <laughs> the other one. <laughs> but it's not oh, the McConaughey one. Uh, no, no, that's Interstellar. That's Interstellar. <laughs> oh. Uh, Inception. Uh, Inception. 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 Sorry. Yeah, yes. it's another I. Sh- yeah. Um, in, like, the way that the music <laughs> in Inception is very overbearing, but, like, sets, <laughs> sets the mood. Like, th- this show kind of has that going for it in a way that is, I don't know. I mean, I'm enjoying it on that level. Plus, Johnson Tucker's the lead, so that's kind of cool. Uh, you know what else is cool? Actually, no, I lied. It's not cool. <laughs> um, I was going to say, I was like, because I think the DuckTales finale is oh, no. today. Mm-hmm. And then I, I was going to be like, DuckTales finale. And I was like, wait, that actually sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's cool. Not, that's not cool. Um, also, because I can't watch it until Disney Plus puts all of season three. <laughs> anyway. So um, nobody, nobody spoil it for me on Twitter. Yeah. But they all they all die. I think that's what happens. They, they, God they all, damn it! They they all get <laughs> Scrooge McDuck evicts <laughs> them and they freeze to death. Oh, that would get that. That's the dinosaurs ending. Um, oh, that, that would be that dark. Ending was real dark. But, here, but here's um, the thing: even a, like dead ducks are delicious. They so are. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so like, I love Ducktales, but I also. But if it led to that ending, uh, you know, I, I'm not saying I, I'm, I, I don't hate. I'd have to see how they do it is all I'm right. saying. You know, is there a little bit of like a cherry compote? You know, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, no, is there right, no, was no, there no, Riverdale? I'm so hungry. Oh, you know what? Oh, I quit Riverdale. <laughs> oh, that's what? Right. I had to quit it. Shocking news. That's that's a bombshell. Why did you quit Riverdale? Because I couldn't sit through those commercials on demand anymore. 
I oh, couldn't do it. Oh, that was literally the reason. I it wasn't because it. they were no longer teenagers. <laughs> it's a terrible show, but it's not nearly as bad as the. There's like five three-minute breaks that you can't fast-forward through or do anything. You're just stuck with those on-demand ads. So what you're saying is that you don't like... Uh you don't like the return to old television where, you know, you have to sit through a commercial break? No, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> That's supposed to be your opportunity to, like, get a snack, go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. you know. Sit in play. suspense. I can't, while no. they, uh, if, if it were a know. better show, I could maybe suffer through it, but it's not worth it. I mean, that's 15 okay. minutes that you can't fast forward through. You can't do two times speed. You just have to sit there and wallow in, like, a fucking Geico commercial. <laughs> you know, Dustin, um, you could solve this problem by uh, having a proper cable subscription. No, no, well, you can't really... You sort of can. Hulu doesn't work, because you still got to do it on a man. YouTube doesn't really work either, unless you watch it the same night. Yeah, no, th- those are not cable subscriptions. Yeah. What I'm talking about Spectrum? is, like, a real... Like, with a box. Yeah. Well, but- I'm not saying it has to be Spectrum. I'm just saying... If Spectrum's in your area, they do provide you with a, a handy uh, digital video recorder. Right. Sure. But up there. to, up you to have 80 to, like, hours of programming in at, full HD. <laughs> at this point, you have to buy like cable and the box with a DVR. And then you're talking like $75 to watch Riverdale. Just not worth but it. But how much is a yeah? But how much is Hulu Plus Live? No, I don't even do Hulu Plus Live anymore. But Hulu Plus Live. No, but I'm saying like the whole point of so at, at a certain point, if you're trying to watch live television, or if you want to like, we've all gotten to the point where we're like cord cutting and and subscribing to all these other services, and it it's it's now no different. Like price wise, right? Like you might, as, you, and you at least when you get, have the cable box, you can fast forward. Yeah, yeah, but what I'm saying is, can, then you don't get all the other good streaming things. You don't get real world but reunion. I, but I think, oh yeah, what service was that on? Paramount. Oh yeah, like I'm not gonna. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the problem. Like I would, I would go back to cable with DVR, but I would, I. You know, then it's like, well, do I give up Netflix or Hulu or Disney Plus or, you know. Yeah, it, right. it's just there's too much. <sighs> I should just get an antenna. <laughs> I mean, you could. They wouldn't get anything. <laughs> oh, yeah. Only NBC. Only maybe. NBC. If I aim it. I could. That was the one thing. My parents just refused to redirection the antenna. <laughs> If they'd just gone up and, like, swiveled it a couple times a day, we could have gotten all the channels. Well, once you get the, uh, once you, once you get, get the reception, I remember, like, trying to mess with, like, rabbit ears and, like, trying to, once it got, like, in a good position, you're like, okay, don't move. Yeah, nobody move, nobody breathe. And you try to put, like, aluminum foil on it, see if that helped. I don't think it actually helped, but it made us feel better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, those were, those were fun times. Um, I I wonder if rabbit ears. I don't think they would work up here. I should try it. I did get cheap one time, like in my twenties, and refused to pay for cable, and so <laughs> and and got rabbit ears for my TV. Like I was actually impressed that I could even find them, um, and they worked for like you know three channels. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's all you needed back then. Yeah. Back in back in our day. Not team dickety dick. Two thousand seven. Oh man. Uh, all right. Well, anyway, all of that to say, there's nothing good to watch this week. So <laughs> instead, no. we're talking about. Uh, uh, we thought it might be interesting to talk about some of the shows. Uh, like the stuff again on all the streaming platforms, or not? If if it's not, that's okay too. But um, since the three of us do watch a lot of television, like what are some shows that, that you recommend? Um, and kind of like when when you get past, I, I thought it'd be kind of interesting if we got past kind of like our initial ones. So like for example, um, Tori will always recommend Ducktales yeah. um, or Supernatural, yeah. uh, and Dustin will always recommend Scrubs or Friday Night Lights. And I will always recommend, uh, I don't know, Cheers or... Uh, Cheers? Or Hold and Catch Fire. Oh, yeah. Cheers is amazing. Yeah. Underseen. I mean, it is it's amazing. It's a forgotten I gem. I just I mean, never by, by associated Cheers with you. Hold and Catch Fire, really? yes, I do. But I, I've never you associated you don't associate Cheers with you. the greatest comedies in television history with me? <laughs> no, no. I always thought, I thought Dan was more of a Friends guy. But I could friends? be misremembering because I don't remember I think, friends. Yeah. Friends doesn't Friends doesn't need my help because the the kids have found friends. But is Cheers friends does. the one where they're all in a bar in Boston? Is that is that Friends? Uh, you're doing this to upset me, and I will not have it. Anyway, um, yeah. So I don't know it'll it'll also just make us talk about other TV shows that aren't uh, currently premiering but you can probably find them on one of the 8000 streaming services. Uh, yeah yeah I w- my thinking was this would be these would be slightly less obvious. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. The surprise fact. Well, the way Dan sold it to me was that this was like once you can once you have someone's trust, like once they trust your taste, mm-hmm. then what do you try to sell them on? So it's like the deeper cuts. Yeah. And there are reasons why that is a, a difficult proposition <laughs> for me personally. As I and explained, why to, is that? I, as I explained to Dan, nobody ever trusts me, <laughs> so I don't really get over that initial hump. <laughs> um, I'm more in the position of I say something's good, and then a couple of years later, somebody watches it, and you're like, "Oh, that that show was really good." I'm like, "I know, <laughs> I." Freaking told you. you. You know what is very funny is that just reminded me. I wasn't going to mention this show because I think it has its its fans. But um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Kim's Convenience, uh, the Canadian show, which yeah. is uh, in the U.S. It's on Netflix. Um, I recommended that to my dad like three years ago, <laughs> and he did not take me up on it at the time. And then like like. Maybe a month ago, he says, like, oh, I started watching this good show. I'm like, oh, yeah, what's it called? He said, Kim's Convenience. He's oh, like, no. one of the guys who I work with told me about it. I'm like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> I, my husband did that to me, like, last week with that uh, Delgadio um, in oh, and of uh, itself. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I had told him when we watched it to talk about on the podcast, I had told him, I was like, you know, I think you'd. We had a whole car ride where I tried to describe this this special to him, and mm-hmm. you know it's based on a stand up or not a stand up, but like a, a you know live performance. One man show. He, yeah, yeah, one man show, and he did it like over five hundred times. And I'm giving him this whole spiel. We talked about it for like twenty minutes, um, 
And then last week, he's like, so, you know, I, I was... I was in the car and I was listening to NPR and they had this guy on and a Delgadio something and he wrote a book and he also apparently has a special on Hulu and I was thinking maybe we could watch it together and I'm like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and did you watch it? Yeah, again? I did, yeah, no. Yeah, I watched it again with him. I was like, yeah, no, now, now that you're on board, let's watch it. <laughs> now that NPR says it's <laughs> yeah. good. Oh, you got to get that NPR bump. Mm-hmm. Terry mm-hmm. Gross or whatever. Yeah, yeah. this is a, a recurring argument that I have with my wife, where, she, <laughs> where uh, she will tell me something and I won't pay any attention to it, but then someone else will say it, and I was like, "Hey, did you hear about this?" And she will get furious because she she's like, "Yes, I told you about that like three weeks ago." But on the same token, she's always like, "Hey, did you read that review in the Times of this show?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I reviewed it last week on my site." <laughs> <laughs> Why are you reading the right, New York but that's Times? Not, that wasn't her question. Her question was, did you read this review in the Sure, Times? sure. <laughs> did you read this review of people that are better than you at what you do? Not better, just <laughs> different. probably make more money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So you guys just throw that back and forth in each other's faces. All the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it does seem like a time-honored tradition to, uh, to, you know, re-recommend back to the person who recommended something. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what's the... I don't know. I lost momentum. I'm going to take a drink now. Okay, you should have a... Um, well, so Dustin. Yes. I'm cu- I am curious. What, what would... Because obviously you run a, a website, you review television, you have for like 20 years. How long have you been doing this? 17. Ah. Good Lord. See? So, so, so what, like, you have lots of readers who trust your taste. <laughs> Do they? If, well, let's, let's go with yes for the purposes of this yeah. argument. <laughs> so they, what, they at least trust your taste enough to read it. They know you have a taste, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? What? I think the the, the, the game on Pajiba is either the, I recommend something they like, which they appreciate, or something they don't like, which they can give me shit about, which they also appreciate. So it's like a win-win for them. <laughs> so you don't think you ever <laughs> change any hearts and minds? It's already set in stone? I, I think possibly some people watch things because we suggested it, if I repeat it often enough. But so so then what is your thing? Like what what would you say like when people already trust you and you're like, okay, then this is the show to watch. Like this is the thing I'm telling you. You've got to see this. Oh, God, I don't know. I don't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I wish I could think of my thing. Um, I feel like a lot of people did watch Ted Lasso because of us and like the site. <laughs> but they probably would have came to that anyway. And I know we're not talking about that. <laughs> what are you doing? Did you just take? Did you just take credit for like, Ted Lasso's success? No, I think a lot of people watched Dark because of Tori's reviews. You think so? I do. I think a lot of people came around on that. Um, uh, uh, I don't. Man, I don't know. Oh shit! What? 
Man, I should have thought of Dark. That's a good show. <laughs> that would have been a good answer. <laughs> well, well, Dark is one, Tori. Yeah. For you. The thing that I would like, the, the first thing I was going to recommend is something that Dan also would agree with me on, uh, and maybe we convince some people on the site collectively, uh, which is I'm Sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a yeah. good one. Um. Yeah, you guys talk. Yeah. I think we and talked think about that enough that some people yeah. tried it out, and everybody loves it. And and you're right that that's not that's not a show that necessarily comes like top of mind to me, but um, but yeah that I think that's right that kind of fits in like this this second tier of like oh yeah you you should watch that show it'd be great you'd love it blah 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 mm-hmm. um, also cruelly uh, canceled after they had written season three but uh, right. I think the, at least the official uh, excuse was that the pandemic made it too expensive to try to do but. But still very, very funny and not necessary to see, like, season three. It's not like a serialized story that we need, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. But it, it just would have been fun to have, you know, it would ten have, more yes. episodes of that. I can see that. So that was not one that you had thought of, Dan. I, I didn't think of it because um, I was, uh, I don't know why my brain went to Kind of like uh, lost mid-tier dramedies. Oh, mm. so that's like, a sweet uh, spot. So like two that came to mind, and I don't even know if these are streaming or not. So I don't know if, how easy they are to to find at this point. But uh, two shows that I watch every episode, and then kind of like left my brain immediately. But I'd be like, oh yeah, that's like a fun hang. Were uh, Eureka and Warehouse Thirteen, both on Sci-Fi? Yep. And they were in that era of sci-fi where they were doing, other than like Battlestar, they were mostly doing kind of like these weird quirky shows. Um, and, you know, they're fun and like they don't, they're not like, I mean, I guess Warehouse 13 has stakes, but, and in Eureka, they're often like almost blowing up the town, but they're mostly just kind of goofy shows that have sci-fi elements that you're mostly there to hang with the characters. Um, Those are both fun. Yeah, they're both fun, but, like, once they ended, you kind of don't think about them anymore. No. And even Eureka, like, I remember feeling like that. Like, it was definitely a sci-fi channel show. Yeah. But I I honestly, like, it felt like it could have been on USA or, like, anywhere else. It was just, like, very soft in some way. Yeah, it was very of that, like, blue sky cable era. Yeah. um, That just happened to have enough science fiction adjacent stuff to be a sci-fi show. Right. Um, and it was fun and pleasant. And then you kind of, and it's like, oh, yeah, I haven't thought about that show in years until, like, I was thinking about this list. That's a good one. And both of those were, um, they weren't, like, Tori, I know you and I talked about uh, before we started recording about Pushing Daisies and how that's Ooh. more of a cult classic. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, like, these shows both ran longer than Pushing Daisies, but also never hit that, like, they never quite hit that kind of cult classic status. Yeah. Um, I almost wonder with Pushing Daisies, is it, did it become such a beloved kind of cult show because it was killed early? Um, Like, if it had gone on, if it had just kind of, like, you know, Mm -hmm. had the full 
uh, you know, like five seasons or something like that. And, and people had a chance to like, if it had run out of steam or something, right. Would people look at it so fondly? Um, I, I bet that that's part of it is that like a lot of, a lot of cult classic shows, they're canceled before you can turn on the show. Right. Right. So, um, that's probably part of it. I, I think the other part of it is that for, for better or worse, Brian Fuller is a recognizable creator. Yeah. So he has his fans, and I think that that, that also feeds into it a little bit. And, and he has like, a track record of, of having his shows end yeah. before the, his fans want yeah. them to. <laughs> or, or he leaves the show before, right. before it's done, um, one or the other. Um, but yeah. Um, but I, I, I do think that Pushing Daisies, I was actually thinking about that, uh, and that, to me, that kind of falls in this range, too, even yeah. though it is a cult classic, because... I don't, I don't necessarily like say it like to everybody or like at the beginning of like, oh, here's a show you should definitely watch. Right. Like, when people are like, oh yeah, I like good TV, and I think you know, I think that you tend to have good taste, or you 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 know, a lot of the shows that you like, I tend to like. Then I'll be like, okay, why don't you try this one? It's a little bit weirder, but you know, yeah, I really like it. It really comes down to like if if the person says they haven't already seen it, right? Then I would you know, it's like yeah, no, this is the like. I'll give you other options that you may not have heard of, but if you yeah. have heard of this and you still haven't watched it, just do it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's a it's a musical show with romance and murder. Like I don't right. <laughs> like I don't know what you're not getting. Um, and Lee Pace, Ugh. so good in it. The cast was so good. Um, yeah. So that one that was one that I had thought of, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was same thing. Like I wasn't gonna put it on like my list um yeah. probably because it's it's too genuinely good <laughs> frankly um my it's too good for this list is that your it's too well it's saying? too good for uh my like my list like it, it's oh, something okay. that is good in and of itself like i me recommending it might tarnish it <laughs> like it would turn people away like oh god um i think my for me i kind of and this is so I spent a few years working um, as a publicist for primarily DVD like releases for the BBC. Um, so I ended up getting a bunch of really weird kind of British shows that came across my desk that were um, like never released in the US and, and or like the DVD might be the first release of them. They might then have gone on to streaming or whatever. But at that time, like um, and and. And so I'm not saying these are obscure, really, like they're, you know, they were very popular in the UK, but I think that in the US, maybe they didn't always break through. Um, But then I also always wonder, like, so when I, but when I recommend them, I just love them because they're really weird. (laughs) And so it's just kind of like if, you know, because like the big one that everyone always talks about is Spaced. And that one, I think, broke through because of Edgar Wright. Like, plenty of people in the U.S. watch Spaced. Um, That was not. um, But then there was, like, around that time, um, like, one of my all-time favorite TV shows came out, and it's called The Mighty Boosh. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's – and I never know how to describe it to anyone, and I can't really – and it's not, like, a must-see show. It's it's also kind of, like – you know, there's musical segments and it's, uh, it's no, actually, um, it's got Noel Fielding from, 
British Bake Off, so I could tell people about that um, Mm -hmm. and and Julian Barrett. But it's like it's a comedy where every season the scenario changes, but the characters stay the same and you'll recognize everyone in it and you won't have any idea what's going on. And it's if you've never done drugs before, this show is the closest you will ever get to doing drugs. (laughs) And I just I love it. You know, but it, it's it's that is one of those things where I'm like, I can't even begin to describe. Like, I can't describe the show. <laughs> so convincing someone to watch it, you know, if they haven't already heard of it or are willing to just like, you know, take my word for it, which no one is. Right. Kind of becomes a, a non-starter. Similarly, yeah. the the other show was. Uh, Do you ever hear of Look Around You? Oh, I don't know that one. So Look Around You was, um, I think it was Robert Popper and Peter Serafinowicz. Okay. Um, but it's not, it's weird, but for a totally different reason. It is a straight-faced, um, it's based on those 1980s um, educational science programs so like what you're, what you're like, you know, when you were in high school or in junior high and your teacher would wheel in the TV cart yeah, yeah. and pop in a tape and it would be a tape from like 20 years before you, you know, it's like old right. already, yeah. um, but it would be like presenting an explanation of water or, you know, math, oh. or whatever. So it is this comedy that is, is based it like they're making new shows of that style except right. that every fact in them is wrong <laughs> and that is where the humor comes from that and sounds amazing it is so well done and it went for a couple of seasons because there's no plot you know there's no arc it's just every right. episode is something else that they right it's just as long as you can convince someone to right. give you money for it basically it was something like you know one one week it was like uh iron or something um and it's like a vile and so a lot of it is just random hands doing um science experiments mm-hmm. but it's like you pour the iron in this water and da 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 and this is how you make champagne <laughs> like, there's one where it's like peter serafinowicz just constantly like he's supposed to be boiling an egg in a uh, like a test tube of boiling water, but mm. to get it, he keeps reaching his hand into the water. So it's just like the close up of his hand getting hotter, like redder and redder and redder, and like for no reason. But they never, it's not like they ever pause as if anything is a punchline. It is done so straight faced. Right. Um, it's, and then, you know, but the same thing, it's that crew of kind of comedians who were, who were um, you know, doing these shows at that time. So they would, um, you're, you'll be watching it. And, and I think Edgar Wright is in an episode of it. Um, mm-hmm. Or, you know, like, so you'll, you'll see like guest appearances, people who are, you recognize kind of pop up and you're like, oh, hey. Um, but it's, you know. Yeah. Again, it's like, it's not must-see TV, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, that sounds like something that I want to watch right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that makes and that that definitely does sound like a show where like I kind I mean I I'm in based on your description, but like I if I didn't know you, then I would be I, I'd probably like have to be like okay, I think you've like you you clearly <laughs> know what you're talking about, so I'm gonna trust you. Yeah, you'd have to. Yeah, like I'm, but it really you know, I, and I think comedy is tough because like it's. Mm-hmm. Eh, it's some people aren't funny. That's the problem. Some people are not funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you just true. don't have 
you're just not an interesting person. But it's also yeah. those, you know, I find myself drawn to shows that have a an interesting format mm-hmm. um, because I'm emotionally very shallow. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think that there are, you know, I, one thing that I always impressed with, with the two of you is that you, you tend to gravitate towards shows that are, not that you don't like format, but like, you enjoy characters and storytelling. <laughs> I'm like, it's okay for something just to have a really weird, weird format and I'll, I'll get right. a kick out of it. And that's enough for me. So, well, uh, Tori, you mentioning both weird comedies and, uh, odd formats made me think of, uh, two shows that people do not. Well, I mean, I get you know, the pe- the funny people watch them, but everyone else kind of ignored, uh, review, Yes. And uh, Nathan yes. for you. Yes. Uh, both of which are like, like average people. I would be like, uh, I don't know, but I want you to love it because yeah. they're so weird and so good. Oh man, Nathan for you though. That is a. It's so good, but it's mm-hmm. so hard. Like you can you watch one episode and you know whether you can stomach it or not because yeah, you have to be yeah. okay with like very awkward. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, but, uh, but yeah, those are those are two more that I didn't have them down initially, but now yeah. now my brain's starting to expand. Um, but actually, no, and that, then that reminds me, because I would always say Strangers with Candy and mm. then At Home with Amy Sedaris, mm-hmm. which to me is the adult Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> like, I tried to, when I describe that show to people, I'm, you know, I'm like, no, 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 like, it is, it is Pee Wee's Playhouse for adults, just right. with Amy Sedaris. Like, it's... Um, that I don't think they get talked about enough, especially yeah. Stranger with Candy, because now like Stephen Colbert is huge, and it's like you do remember when he was like an awful teacher on that weird show, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I remember watching Strangers with Candy when it was on Comedy Central. Yeah, and I think I was too young to get it, so I was very um, like I was just watching. It, I'm like I don't understand what's happening. I don't understand why, um, like, like, I just didn't understand it, I yeah. think. And then, like, I watched it many years later. I was like, oh, this is brilliant. Like, these people are all amazing. Why was I so dumb when I was, you know, I don't know. Well, I think one of my favorite, one of my favorite things about it, too, is that, like, the, the, because, like, it's supposed to be based on these after-school specials, but the way they right. mixed and matched the cliche, like, the tropes. Mm-hmm. So they do the eating disorder one when Jerry Blank is joining the debate team. But for the cheerleading episode, it's about dyslexia. So it's like you find out or no, uh, you, find, you know, it's about illiteracy. You find out mm-hmm. that Jerry can't read because she can't spell <laughs> as a cheerleader. <laughs> like the way they mixed and matched all the different topics that would come up in, in ways that you wouldn't quite expect. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite. Like, also one of my all-time favorite quotes came from Stranger the Candy, which was the thing where she's like, uh, "If you're gonna reach for a star, reach for the lowest one you can." <laughs> so good, that freaking show. Uh, now I kind of want to go back and rewatch that. Now, now this this is good. <laughs> See, this is this is good. This is the point of the exercise. Is that it's it's giving me all sorts of things that were like before. I felt like, oh, I don't know. There's nothing to watch, but now it's like there's so much to watch. There's so like, much to watch. Um, I don't know where if Strange with Candy is streaming, but like Review and Nathan for you are definitely on 
Paramount Plus, if you have that. Um, Pushing Daisies on HBO Max. Uh, are the are the BBC shows? Are they on anything that you that you're aware of? Uh, I would check. Uh, I want to say I would check Netflix first. I know mm-hmm. a lot of the kind of comedies ended up there. Yeah. Um, but now that they have now that BritBox is going, and I know some of their stuff ended up going to HBO Max. Um, I didn't check those two. I probably should have checked those two shows yeah. specifically. Oh wait, I want to check. Uh, Look around you. Look around you. That one I know we put out the DVDs because that so that was one of the things that was interesting. Those two shows in particular uh, for the DVD release because nobody had ever heard of them in the states really or you know mm-hmm. like they hadn't had at that point a platform other than DVD. Right. Um, we brought them to Comic Con <laughs> and like did a whole like for a DVD release, but like had panels and had signings and stuff like that and tried to like you know. Mm-hmm. Get people to pay attention in the middle of Comic Con. Uh, that was fun. Oh man, it looks like it looks like that may not be streaming at all. No, um, I can. Which I, means I'll probably find it online somewhere. You'll find it yeah. online. Um, the other not sort of British show that I was going to mention, um, and this one is not a comedy. Well, it is sort of a comedy, but the 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 one that nobody and this is actually like a hugely popular show but no one i know watches it except okay. for maybe lord castleton mm-hmm. um because i looked it up and and i know he's reviewed it on the site before and i've talked about it on the site before uh pajiba.com uh but the grand tour which is on amazon prime oh okay uh, but that is the old Top Gear hosts, uh, Jeremy right. Clarkson, Richard Hammond, and James May, when they left Top Gear uh, because um, I think Clarkson like punched a producer about a steak dinner or something. Um, he got fired. The other two left. They get a production deal with Amazon and basically remake Top Gear. Uh, and that's not why to watch it. Like I genuinely love Top Gear. I also know that those guys did some kind of pretty offensive things. Um, Mm -hmm. and it was always this kind of push and pull of like, you know, they would say something that was obnoxious. Mostly they would get in trouble when they were genuinely punching down because most of the time they were just making fun of each other. Right. But then occasionally they would say something just really dumb. Uh, but the show show is about wonderful cars. It is and it isn't. So this is the one. The thing about Top Gear and the thing that's also true with Grand Tour is that you don't have to like cars to like the show because what it really is, um, so much of it is telling the human stories around the cars. Like they do these. One of my favorite things that happens in the Grand Tour, they did like when Ford versus Ferrari came out. And that everyone was like, this is a great dad movie. It's like this big, you know, it's a Ron Howard movie or whatever. And it's, you know, uh they they told that story like a year beforehand in a mm. maybe 20 minute documentary segment that was absolutely beautiful they 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 told the ford versus ferrari story mm-hmm. um so they do they do documentary segments um then they also do a lot of it's like travel stuff um and they would do you know ridiculous games involving a lot of explosions um but i think like the reason i i genuinely like the grand tour is because it's only run for three seasons and now they're doing specials, but it's, it's an interesting show because if you ever saw top gear, you get to see these three guys actually struggle. Cause like the first season of grand tour isn't great. Like they're, they're trying to be top gear without being top gear. And so you see them 
changing the format each season as they figure out what they're strong at and what they can discard because they're no longer doing the old show. Right. Um, as they they so they keep finding a new formula and 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 narrowing in on it. Um, and you also see them like actually maturing, which is what I wasn't expecting. You know, you, you see them not taking those easy jokes and and learning how to uh, not punch down. Um, right. They don't make as many of those kind of mistakes uh, as they used to. Um, and they're they're also just so much older. So it's this level of like we, you know, <laughs> they're always getting injured, but it, it it you can see them kind of going like we can't do this anymore. Right. Um, like we're, we're getting too old. Like Clarkson can't fit in the sports cars anymore. Um, <laughs> his gut's too big. And so and so now they've like at the end of season three, like Clarkson ends up crying as he like announces that this was the end of the show. Like after all of those years of doing Top Gear and then after doing Grand Tour, they're like, we're no longer doing this. We'll be doing specials. We'll do one off kind of specials. And they've they've done that already. Um, And they're great. But it was them kind of recognizing, like, we just can't do this anymore. Right. (laughs) Like as this format. So there's something really bittersweet about the Grand Tour because you kind of it was easy to to. As much as I, I love Top Gear, and the cinematography is always wonderful. There's a lot of really great things about it, and you learn a lot. Like when they go to a country, a lot of it's not always about the cars. They'll they'll tell you the history of this city as they drive through it, or they'll you know they did one whole special on where they travel around Colombia and and just go to Pablo Escobar's estate and find the wild hippos that he had brought in that were not native, um, you know, and they, they tried to do the whole segment without mentioning the word cocaine, uh, <laughs> which is great. Um, but yeah, so I, I love, there's something about Grand Tour that like, even though you don't have to be a car fan to like it. And I, I, mm-hmm. what I really like about it as somebody who watched so much Top Gear was seeing these three guys while they're like pushing 60 finally like start growing up and like, yeah. you know, and, and not make those, you know, it, cause I think a lot of it, you talk about like people who get too many chances and certainly getting a, a production deal with Amazon and getting, you know, just a huge wad of cash, um, after making a, a you know, a pretty big mistake after a series of mistakes at the BBC, like that was, uh, that was, you know, not always, that's not, not the outcome for someone, you know, that you always hope for. But with these guys, it was also, uh, they didn't do nothing. Like, you you actually see them growing. And that's, I don't know. Right. To me, it's worthwhile. Like, I personally enjoy it for that. You don't have to have watched Top Gear to go into Grand Tour and, and get something out of it. Um, yeah. That's kind of nice. I mean, I, that's not what I was expecting because kind of I, I never watched either show, but um, so kind of my only knowledge of them is really that they uh, left Top Gear in kind of like a with some amount of controversy. Oh yeah, um, yeah. They would always like make some offhand joke and uh, you know offend an entire nation of people. Um, and it happened for de- like, you know, 10 years, they would just keep doing right. that. Um, and then this, his altercation with the producer, which I don't know what it amounted to, but it was something about not him, not liking the craft services during a shoot, uh, you know, also not great. Yeah. Um, but it was always like, and they got away with it because it was kind of their, 
their shtick. Right. The the shoving thing, because that really became an HR issue that he didn't get. Who, and he wasn't even fired. It was just like they didn't renew his contract, and then the other two hosts walked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they... All of the comments, like, you know, they would have PR go out and, you know, release a statement or whatever, and people would apologize, but not really apologize. And, you know, it was kind of like they're... It was similar to South Park in the sense that, like, for a long time, they coasted on kind of a no-holds-barred sense of humor. Oh, okay, okay. You know, we're, we're just going to take pot shots at everyone. Uh, right. And it And they pulled it off more in the sense that, like... Those felt like shots that went awry because most of the time they took the shots at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was they were always in a sense of like where they made the missteps were when they were really punching down when they right. didn't need to, and they learned right. how to get better at that. Um, and it didn't mean they they would never make a risque joke, but they you could you literally like there was one where uh, Clarkson chose a Jeep Wrangler for a for a one of their missions and the other guys go like oh and this car was voted the like you know most desirable car from the basically a an lgbtq uh advocacy group or something or it was like the essentially the most gay purchased car okay kind of thing right and you're like, oh, God, they're going to make a bunch of homophobic jokes and it's going to be terrible. Like, this is just fodder for them. Like, why would they bring this up? I was cringing. Mm-hmm. And they actually just they turned it around and the whole time they're just like, we're really proud of you, Clarkson. Like, I'm glad you feel comfortable enough that you can be your true self. And it it was still a joke. Like, it wasn't, you know, and it wasn't great. But the the approach they took to it was that, like, being open and proud was good. Right. And I was like, oh, my God, you guys almost threaded the needle on this. <laughs> like and, and made sure that everything was focused on Clarkson. It was not like there was not an ounce of it that was anything about like, you know, uh, making fun of that community. Right. Right. It was all like, that's really positive. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you guys, you, you're learning, you're listening. <laughs> It's a minor thing, and it was still not a joke you needed to make. But, you know, damn, guys, like for a bunch of rich white Brits, like you're you're getting there. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's but that's also that's the humor is one thing, but they the I I usually really like it because they they end up telling stories that you don't. Uh, their documentary segments are absolutely outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would think that you don't care about cars uh, or, but they make you care. The, the amount of history that you learn in their, their shows um, and, and genuinely some of the best cinematography, like everyone talks about the natural history unit, like the, the BBC's kind of uh, nature. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Right. Like planet earth and stuff like that. Right. But these producers learned from them in a lot of ways. So, like, the all the travel doc stuff and even the way they, like, just shoot the road trips mm-hmm. will be some of the most beautiful, imi- like, yeah. sh- images you've ever, like, oh, they're gorgeous. So, yeah, yeah I think I, you know, I always feel like if you haven't a lot of, like, it's one of those shows where, like, you know, it is hugely popular around the world. Like, Grand Tours right. actually did wonderfully for Amazon, but no one I know watches it. Yeah. <laughs> 
So it's one of those weird things. Like, it's not like it's underappreciated. It's just nobody talks about it. Yeah. That I know. It's a total dad show. I should be talking <laughs> to Lord Castleton. <laughs> um, that also made me think now of another show that I think did well, but it was also someone who not necessarily grew on the show, but like grew over his career, uh, which was uh, uh, Parts Unknown. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. And again, just like the, you get to see stuff that you normally wouldn't get to see. And and the angles. I, I always find, uh, I, I, it is similar to that in the sense that you, when you, the way the storytelling is formatted, because it's about you pick, you're picking an angle. Right. And there it's food. With them, it's usually, you know, a car or something like that. But it's mm-hmm. using that as an avenue to tell a much larger story. Right. Because it's never only about those things. Right, right. It becomes about place or about history. Or yeah. About you look else. at the whole context. You end up telling the history of the place and the, you know, and, and, and interfacing with people along the way. And, and that's, mm-hmm. and that is essentially, like, Top Gear did that as well. So, or, yeah. and Grand Tour. So, um it is very much like that. And I find that easier to watch. There's something very dry sometimes about like a, when you go into a documentary knowing it's just like, it's all of this. Whereas like, I don't know when, when there's a a narrower focus that unveils larger topics, I find that much easier as a viewer. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Oh, man, I'm getting so many shows that I want to either watch or, or watch re- again. Yeah, rewatch. Um, yeah. Was it Parts Unknown? Dustin, what about... Oh, sorry. Sorry, what? Oh, no, I was going to say, was it Parts Unknown? Because he... Was that when he was on CNN, or was that before C... Uh, Parts Unknown was CNN. Was that was CNN. his last show. That was his yeah. last show, because the yeah. episode he did on Cuba was oh, yeah. outstanding. Um, there were so many. Uh, yeah. There anyway. There was a ton in that that were amazing. It was um, so good. And made me want to travel also. Um, so, you know, good time for it, I think. Um, <laughs> Dustin, what about you? You've been, you've been quiet. Well, I I'm, I'm, apologize. I'm having a audio difficulty still. Uh, well, I wasn't going to say it to people. Well, I'm yeah, just going to say it to knows. explain. Like, I'm getting, like, every other one of your words. So, but I just uh, quickly, uh, my comedies, uh, Detour, which I think Dan is also a big fan of. Oh, yeah. I like the Detour. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, which is Sam B and her husband Jason Jones's show. It's very uh, like a, a modern national lampoon's uh, vacation, only better, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and over over a uh, over several seasons. Right, right. Uh, and then uh, the other one was Great News, which I think that Dan also loves. Didn't you watch? I don't know if I'd say I loved that one. I did like it. <laughs> But I think you're the only person who, like, unapologetically loves, loves that show. I think it's, like, a really good show to sort of, like, you know, you've run out of comedies to watch. This is a good show. It's, like, a two, I think it made it two seasons. Two seasons, yeah. From the creator of uh, Saved by the Bell, the reboot. What? Oh, that's right. Yes, that's right. Yeah, Tracy Wigfield. Yeah. It has a, and also, like, Tina Fey was... A producer on Yeah, it. she comes out of the 30 Rock camp, so it yes. has it has a Fay Tina Fey has that sensibility. Uh, feel. Yeah. And a great cast and uh and oh, oh on the drama side, 
uh, quickly, I had uh, For All Mankind, which is like my one of my favorite shows right now. And nobody's watching it. Nobody's talking about it. It's just incredible. And you got <laughs> Apple Plus to watch Ted Lasso. Well, go ahead and watch For All Mankind. <laughs> well, my Apple Plus is currently on hiatus until uh, the next season Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso or, or uh, Mythic Quest. Uh, Mythic Quest, whichever one comes yeah. back first. Well, uh. when it comes back, then watch For All Mankind. <laughs> It's wonderful. I should, yeah. You're not the like everyone who's like seen For All Mankind raves about it. Yeah, and I, I watched like the when they had the free episodes at the beginning. I think they made maybe like two or three free, and I watched them. I was like, oh, this is good. I'm enjoying it. And then I never went back. <laughs> it's really good. Not for any reason. Just it just happened. You know, you can't watch everything. No, that's true. But you should watch the better things, and and, and for all mankind would fall under that category of better things. Going back to comedy. We may have lost us again. Wait, oh, I'm, no. I'm, I'm in and out. Oh, you're there. Hi. Oh. Uh, uh, Hi. I would also say uh, rectify. Like all-time oh, favorite. That's a good one for this list because yeah. that's a deep cut that like people probably like. I barely know what that is. Just like the best, most poignant, heartbreaking, wonderful drama. Like, will every episode will fucking break your heart. Oh, I'm surprised you didn't say terriers. Oh, I I, I love terriers, but I'm not one of those terriers people. I also oh. feel like Terriers is kind of like in a cult classic-y kind of vein. It's, yeah. yeah, it's a bit in a, a Pushing Daisies situation. Yeah. Um, also, I don't even know where you'd find Terriers. Is it streaming somewhere? It might be. but um, Yeah, I don't know. It was a really good show, though. No, uh, you have to buy it. Yeah. Who, who does that? Who wants that? That's not... Nobody buys... Oh, no, it's on Hulu. Oh, all right. Well, there you go. I'll recommend Terriers. Terriers is on Hulu. It's fun. <laughs> One season. Um, it was... Uh, it was... Uh, yeah, it's good. Can I ask a question? Sure. Sure. So this is... I was thinking about it because it's not, it's not quite this, this topic, but I feel like it's an ancillary to this but like if you had to say like one show that defined you like that like formed you growing up oh and now i'm already like it for dan (laughs) is it cheers like because you already you dropped that one but like because those are like some of them can be very big but when it's like when you're making those recommendations because people trust you right like if your taste has been formed you know from a young age by like this thing like, what right. is that thing for you? Can you choose late night shows <laughs> that ran for 30 can, years? Yeah, you can, sure. choo- you can choose whatever. I, I mean, other than Letterman, I would say Wonder Years. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. Letterman uh, also for, makes sense. For me, it's... It, I have two, but they're very different reasons. Cheers just because that I watched it. Uh, it. It was, I don't know if I've told the story in here, but 
when I was when I was little, I wanted to stay up late, and the way that I would stay up late was after I was sent to bed, I would stay up, and then if I could, if I managed to stay up, I would stay up until after the news, and then I would watch whatever syndicated car- uh, comedy was on after the news, and uh, for several years it was Cheers, so that's how I watched all of Cheers. Was just like, and it, you know, eventually I would watch it. Uh, in primetime also, but, um, before I really knew what, what, like before I knew what primetime was, I saw cheers at 1030 after the news because my dad fell asleep watching the news and my mom was already asleep and I snuck out to watch cheers. And if I didn't laugh too loud, then my dad wouldn't wake up (laughs) and I could, I could get through the whole episode. Uh, and then usually after cheers was taxi and so if he didn't catch me by that point, I would watch Taxi. And then after Taxi was MASH, he would always wake up when the MASH theme song came on, and he would yell at me and go to, to, go to bed. So I didn't get to watch MASH until much later. Right. Oh. Um, but it was Cheers, and then the other one uh, was um, Murder, She Wrote, because we watched it as a family. God. And we would, we would joke about, like, inadvertently I learned uh, TV structure from Murder, She Wrote, because, like, when they would arrest someone halfway through the episode, we would, like, as a family, be like, oh, that can't be the killer, because it's only act two. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, of course it wasn't, because it was a TV show, and it followed the same formula. And also, uh, Jessica Fletcher definitely murdered some of those people, right? Because too much yeah. death happens around her yeah. in a small town. There's no way. Like, that seemed she, like a I'm, great concept for a season, and then it took off, and they're like, yeah. so, yeah, murders <laughs> literally just happen around her. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that she's either an angel of death or the greatest serial killer of all time. People just need to stop hanging around with her. Yeah. Like, like at a certain point, you would be like, I don't know why you keep solving all these murders. This is weird. Like, please go to a cabin in the woods and avoid <laughs> the public. <laughs> exactly. Um, Tori, what about you? I know you only had NBC, but, um, yeah, I did only have NBC. Well, no. So actually, so Erie, Indiana was, was a big one for me, like as a kid and it aired on NBC and, and that was, um, mm-hmm. but what happened was uh, we had a friend who lived in, in the next town over the town that actually had cable. <laughs> and so he would, uh, tape all these big shows onto VHS so, mm-hmm. uh, and give them to us. And, but you'd have to wait until he filled up a tape. Uh, so yeah. you'd have to wait like six weeks or, you know, eight weeks. Um, but then he would bring you a tape. And so I, I got used to binge watching things at a very early age because <laughs> all of the shows I had on like multiple VHS tapes that were delivered to me. Right. Um, so I had that was how I watched like The Simpsons and Murphy Brown and Roseanne. Um, but the big one. So most shows he brought for me, uh, mm-hmm. but for my parents, he brought Twin Peaks. And so when that's how you saw Twin Peaks, that's how I saw Twin Peaks. Um, and I, again, I watched it when I was like nine years old. I, I arguably shouldn't have watched it then. Uh, but basically I had finished all of the VHS tapes that were like, that he brought for me. And I kept walking through the living room when my parents were watching Twin Peaks and wondering (laughs) what the hell this show was. And so I finally just asked to watch it. And my mom was like, yeah, okay. Like, 
I don't see why not. There's not that much sex. <laughs> Let me watch it. <laughs> and so I would spend like, you know, all I would lay in bed with like a donut watching Twin Peaks, like a whole tape of Twin Peaks every Saturday. Um, and then and then once I watched it, that was when my mom was like, oh, you like David Lynch? Why don't you watch Wild at Heart? Oh. Yeah, or like, why yeah, don't you watch Blue a... Velvet? Blue Velvet was wild when you're really young because I don't, I didn't understand anything that was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was fine. Uh, but yeah, so Twin Peaks, <laughs> like, so Twin Peaks was was important to me, but it was also the whole context. And I ha- I kept those VHS tapes um, I, through college. I was in my first apartment after college, and the whole thing about the VHS tapes because they were taped off of like a local ABC affiliate. So they still had all of the local commercials on oh, them. Oh, yeah. Like, we're talking like Howard Dean for Lieutenant Governor, <laughs> like campaign ads. And uh, and I had so I had them all and I was packing to move after my like first apartment out of, out of college and I had run out of packing materials. So I had been throwing some of my like tapes and stuff into a into a garbage bag, but put it by the things that were going to move and my roommate threw it out. And oh. I and I'm like they're irreplaceable. How am I going to get those those local and like Vermont affiliate commercials back? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I held on to. I I always had a VCR so I could watch those tapes. Mm-hmm. That's a bummer that those are gone now. Yeah, I mean I have the I box set. I, I probably still have. Yeah, but I mean the commercial. The commercials is is actually oh like because it's, it's a trip. You're watching like not only it's not even the commercials. It's like the the old ABC tag like yeah. you know like the logos and the, yeah. the song and stuff and when they'd show the commercials for the other shows because most of those i didn't watch like tgi fridays wasn't a thing for me you know that was how i had all of dinosaurs on tape too oh nice yeah. Yeah. which you can now get on disney plus disney plus watch it all but not with the commercials um that would be another foundational show, I'd say. Di- dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Yeah. I definitely did not. I feel like I watched all of it, but I don't remember. I, I don't remember much of it except for like I didn't remember the ending until someone pointed it out a few years ago, um, and I didn't remember like their, like just how, like liberal, some of their stuff was. Yeah. <laughs> for lack of a better term. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I do remember Nuts to War. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that one was great. But, yeah. Um, did you ever watch the, that, or do you remember the episode they did that was like their very special episode about uh, drug abuse? No. Um, so that one was cool because at the end, you know how when sitcoms would do the very special episodes and then at the end of the episode, they'd kind of all break, break ca- the fourth wall. They break the fourth like, wall and talk yeah. to the camera as the yeah, actors, yeah. right? So they did that, but it was like so it was the the robot of Robbie Sinclair mm-hmm. pretending he was an actor who played Robbie Sinclair. Like it was <laughs> like they don't it's not like they showed the puppeteers. It was like right. they broke the fourth wall while still being a puppet show. Like it was amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, f- I feel like that's another show where, like, the format is part of what... It was, like, so dedicated to the sitcom format, despite being mm-hmm. animatronic dinosaurs. But were they animatronic or were they puppets? 
well, I mean, they were they were animatronic, but but as puppets. I mean, it was Jim Henson, but the same way. Oh, like, they weren't. It wasn't people in suits. I don't think it was people in suits, or if it was people in suits, that was still animatronic, like run. You know what I mean? Like there was still somebody doing the dial for the expressions and everything. Because mm-hmm. there's like puppet puppets, and then there's you know like what in Labyrinth, like Hoggle. Right. You know, or like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It was like people in suits, but there were still people controlling the, all the expressions and stuff. I can, I still consider that kind of animatronic, but it's not, yeah, it's not like a, I don't know. I'm sure there were people in suits. (laughs) Whatever. It was great. I don't, uh. I don't know what you would call that. Yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. So, like, on Wikipedia, if you look at it, like, they have people who are cast for the voice, the body, and face slash head. Yeah. So, yeah. Three three people. Because it was Jessica Jessica Walter. Jessica Walter was... Was uh, Fran. Yeah. yeah. Sally Struthers was Charlene. I yeah. <laughs> it's also weird because I, I when you're, when I was a kid watching it, I had no idea who Jessica Walter was. But then, I right. like, as an adult, when I started watching, like, you know, Arrested Development or something, and I'm like, why do I relate to Lucille so hard? <laughs> and when I realized she also played Fran, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, now as I, uh, as I scroll through Wikipedia, uh, Spike was uh, Christopher Maloney, Robbie's best friend. Oh, my God. Uh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, I didn't yeah. realize that. that Tim on, Curry but now, was on there? Yeah, Tim Curry was. That one I knew. This is great. Now, now, now I want to go back and watch dinosaurs. <laughs> Maybe that's what we should do a guided tour of. Oh god! Someday. That seems. Uh, that would require us to go back and watch the whole thing, which maybe I isn't have, a bad thing. But. I, 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 I volunteer. Did we lose? <laughs> oh, we lost, we lost Dustin, Dustin again. again. Um. Yeah. Uh, he. So Dustin's not going to come back uh, because of his technical times, but. Um, that also means we can't play the game. Or we could just play the game and then Tori will win. <laughs> but, well, I mean, we don't even have to play the game and I just win by default. That's true. You do win by, by default. What was uh, the game? And then we can, can I just, well, just want to know. I'm curious. I, I was going to try to do... <laughs> this is not a joke. I was actually going to try to do the untitled uh, <laughs> uh, stream of consciousness game. Uh, I believe you call um, it Rabbit Hole Game. Rabbit Hole Game, yes. I forgot the title, but you remember it. I, we were actually going to play it. This is not a bit, I swear. This is not a uh, apologies to Matt Damon situation. Um, I did have a plan for how to play it, but uh, clearly we can't do it because Dustin is uh, cheating so much he broke his internet. He broke his internet. And we're, yeah, yeah so I guess another week. So what... What our our listeners probably may not be aware of is that since January, uh, Dan has had Untitled Rabbit Hole Game as the placeholder for the game on our... our, It's a real game. I have the rules figured out. (laughs) This also may come as a shock that we actually... Dan also writes 
a schedule for what we're going to talk about, which we immediately discard if we even open it. But it technically a document for every episode exists. Of technically, what, it exists. It, technically, it exists. And at the end of that document, there is always untitled rabbit hole game, which we have consistently <laughs> not gotten to. And tonight, Dan claims we were going to get to it. I, I genuinely was going to do it. Because I didn't plan a different game. <laughs> well, and because the whole joke has been we've every episode is the untitled rabbit hole game. Like right. we go on this this entire episode was a tangent. <laughs> right. But that's okay. And also, you know, someday we'll get there. Uh, but this seems like a, as good a place as any to end. Yeah, I and, think um, I think we just um, yeah. We did it. We covered it. We covered it. Um, so uh, that's a show. Next week we will have uh, we'll have Falcon and Winter Soldier. Oh yeah, uh, as that premieres on f- this coming Friday. Yep. And uh, and Justice know, League, we could maybe Justice League. Oh I yeah, I mean it's a movie. It's four hours. It's a movie, and it's four hours, but it is in six parts. So you could consider those episodes if you really wanted to. Oh, you know what else is in six parts? Falcon Winter Soldier. <laughs> but we're not going to get all six, right? No, we're not. But that is, um, it would be kind of fun to compare, like, one part of Justice League to one part of Falcon and Winter Soldier. What if we watch Justice League over the course of six weeks? I mean, that sounds better than watching it all in one sitting. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not, I haven't watched that many of the DC movies. Like, I watched two Wonder Womans. Wonders Woman. The two Wonder Woman movies. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the first one was good. The second one was uh, a little all over the place. Yeah. It was colorful. Um, it was colorful. Uh, and I think that's it. I think those are the only ones I've seen. You didn't watch Aquaman? I didn't watch Aquaman. I heard it was fun, but it I haven't fun. seen it. It was fun. Um, and I haven't seen any of the new... Like Batman or Batman vs Superman or yeah, I uh, I watched Batman the old Justice League. I watched Batman vs Superman. Uh, I don't think I watched Man of Steel. I'll be honest. Um, I did watch the old Justice League, but I don't remember any of it. Oh, I did see Man of Steel. Um, that's the one where it's Henry Cavill. Yeah, it's Henry Cavill, but Batman isn't in it. Right. Okay. Now I have seen Man of Steel. Yeah. Uh, that might be. Yeah. So, anyway, there's all. I don't know. I'm not. But I also missed a bunch of Marvel movies, so it's uh, it's fine. <laughs> I'm sure it's all explained. It's four hours. Yeah, they'll cover uh, everything. Yeah. Um, but anyway, well, there'll be more TV next week, probably. Because it never ends. Even though this week, apparently, we couldn't find a show to talk about. <laughs> I don't know if that means that we're not doing our job or other people are not doing their jobs. I think a little bit of both. Yeah. But don't worry because we're almost to April and more shows will appear soon enough in April. Yeah. Um, So there's that. All right. Well, we'll get there. It's fine. We'll get there. Yeah. All right. Um, This was fun. Thank you, Dan. Uh, thank you, Tori, and uh, thanks to Dustin, I guess. I don't know. I mean, yeah. he hasn't been here, but uh, in any event, have a good night. Good night, everybody.